The first three chapters of Genesis are just such amazing reading. And I don't know if you've ever read anything and it's completely changed your life. You, you read it and you read it again and you think, wow, this is extraordinary. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We always thought we were the centre of our own story, didn't we? Um, I don't know if you woke up with a headache one morning and you thought, oh, everything's just going to go wrong for me. And, and when you reported back at the end of the day, you said, this was the day I had. The pronoun I has become so large in our world, hasn't it? It's I is the, the tail that wags the dog. Genesis chapter 1 begins, in the beginning. In the beginning, God, he, he was, he eternally was, and he eternally is. In the beginning, God. How does that help us to view our own lives in perspective? Well, as we'll see in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible reveals something about God which should bring us all great comfort. But but let's just let's just follow the story in in chapter 1 and and ask that question if God is at the center of his own story, if he's the writer of his story. Well, what impact does that have? Just that knowledge, just knowing it have on me and on you. In the beginning, God, God eternal, God before time, God before the heavens and the earth, God before the shaping of everything, God in it, above it, beyond it, God. And, and we find in the beginning, God created. So God is creative. He makes things. God, eternally there in the beginning, makes things. He spends his time wisely. He fills it with beautiful creations. This is God's story. And he, there at the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. Now, don't forget that this is a, a Hebrew uh, script and I'm not a Hebrew scholar but there is some poetry in this in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth there's a beauty to the language isn't there but also a message the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters we tend to think don't we that there's a, an entropy in the universe, that everything somehow is crumbling to, to bits. And if you took an x-ray of my teeth today and compare it with an x-ray of my teeth last year, uh, well, ten years ago, you'll find that they're crumbling pretty badly. But, but actually, there is nothing at the beginning and God makes something out of it. The shapelessness and void 
but God creates something out of it. Now, I loved it a couple of weeks ago because when we were reading this passage in church, I handed out some plasticine and one of our church members is super creative with his hands and of course he came up with uh, you know he came up with a, a, a plasticine figure a play-doh figure sorry and uh, and it was really good he made it out of out of a blob of of, of play-doh we have a sense here and much greater a sense that God writing his own story, eternally being who he is, creative in the way that he is, delights in making something out of nothing. And then we find that he is not only God, eternally there, this Elohim, as the Hebrews are going to call him, the, 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 the one that is, but also that his spirit is there, hovering over the face of the waters. So God, the eternal God, also spirit. God and spirit united in their creative task. And there we find it. And God said, let there be light. God spoke words and spoke things into being. And we read in the uh, first chapter of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. And therefore, God is also Word. And as he is revealed in his Son, Jesus, we find that God, the Father, the Eternal One, God the Spirit, God the Son, is there at the beginning of all things. Now isn't that spectacular? Isn't that wonderful? That God slowly reveals in the Bible aspects of himself, of his greatness, his eternity, of his nature in his eternal being in his eternal spirit and in his eternal being the son and the word the creator well the next verses just sound like a song of beauty and grace and joy and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called, called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Do you see the harmony of it? God said, and it was, and God saw, and he called it, and, and it was good. And then again, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land 
earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas and God saw that it was good. If you had any doubt that this is God's story then just attach all of the verbs in those first few verses to their subject. A verb needs a subject, remember, and we'll find that God is the subject of each verb. That means God is the subject of each action. He spoke it. He created it. He saw it. He called it. And he judged it to be good. So, as well as having an impression of God as the creator, the creative one. We're also having a sense that he is the active one. That God has energy. Energy and creativity. And originality because he names the things. The seas, the earth and the heaven. So he names things and he makes them good. So God is good. The Bible teaches us this. And so let the water, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Um, and God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that that was good, that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. So, now we find that what God makes multiplies, that there is growth, that there is fruit. So God is creative, energetic, original. He makes things good and he knows that they are good because he's made them. And he makes them to produce fruit. Now, when... Uh, David Attenborough made his one of his latest documentaries about the Earth, called it the perfect planet. Do you see the perfection that God instills in what he makes? And we know, don't we, by all the varieties that, that, he's, that, that he puts into place and that they bear fruit according to their kind, that God sows the seeds of regeneration, of growth and of fruit. And that's only the third day. 
And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. Now, if we go back to the beginning, the first day, let there be light. But now God creates two specific lights for the earth. And so he's organizing things. That, in a sense, there is the, the space or the habitat for one. And now there is the thing to inhabit that place, the sun, the moon, the stars. Now, do you notice as well that the sun and the moon and the stars are to denote the seasons? And so, if you like, God has created time, the eternal one existing for all time outside of time, has created signals that show the passing of time. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let the birds and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Now if we go back to the second day, we find that God had made the heavens and the earth and separated the earth from the waters. And he had, um, if you like, he'd created the space for the swarms, the habitat for the living creatures large sea creatures, birds. And again, it's good. So God is organizing. He's created time and now he's created creatures, living things, to live upon the earth, to live in the waters, to live above the earth, in the heavens. I beg your pardon, because we don't have things that live on the earth yet. Wait, wait, wait. And God said... Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So that on the fifth day, now the livestock, the, the living creatures that live on the land, are created from the earth, from the habitat in which they'll inhabit. Also from the second day. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You see that he refers to himself in plural. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, acting in creation. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And you can take that as, as far as you like. But it was obviously intended when God made man, that he made this creature to be most like himself, to have his nature, to have a will, to have a body. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So after all of this, with all the, all the trees and uh, the green things giving fruit and multiplying, God sets humans, man and woman, he creates them in his image. And they are to have dominion, just as God has dominion over what he creates. He, if you like, he, he gives humans the responsibility of dominion. Now, when, uh, when the queen was crowned in 1953, 56, she... Uh, she made a coronation oath. And although the crown was uh, a sign of her great status, the crown is placed on her head. She doesn't place the crown on her own head. And she is anointed with oil, which, again, she doesn't pour it on herself. So she's ascribed dominion assigned dominion but she doesn't take it on herself and actually her first speech and her first oath is to serve the people when mankind humankind man and woman were made in the image of god and given the responsibility to have dominion over the creeping things and over the living creatures and over the trees of the field and so on. He was assigned that um, by God because it's still God's story, you see. And look at this. And God blessed them. Now every other living creature came, the, the ground sent them forth, made them, made them of itself. But God spent special attention or paid special attention to creating humans and he blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that, that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that's on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. 
So they were all vegetarians, right, at that moment. And God saw that everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So do you hear the rhythm of everything being created? And do you see how each creature created is matched both to its uh, habitation and also to its um, to its uh, form of food and th as the as the creation uh, gathers pace each thing has more and more uh, special features if you like until humankind which now has dominion thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day god finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he'd done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all the work, all his work that he had done in creation. So God blessed and he finished, he perfected what he'd made. He, he, he finished what he'd started, all of it. And then he rested. Now, don't think that God put his hands behind his head and uh, lay on lay on a beach, and or that he was very tired. No, God rested. This is the same word that gives us that sense of shalom, of peace. In other words, that God or or, or of um, the the Sabbath. And on that day, God made that day special for himself. That he could enjoy what he had created. That he could relish the earth and the heavens. That he could relish the living creatures. And in particular, that he could relish humankind. Male and female, he created them. This is God's story. Humans appear in that story and they have much to do with the story. But this is God's story. So think about that for a moment. If we are just a part of God's story, who is this God that we serve? The creative one, the one who created time. The, the one who organizes and fashions things, who delineates the boundaries of, of heavens and earth, the, the one who has an organization for how he will feed and sustain and, and continue life on earth. And, and then he uh, and, and then he, he, he forms um, his favorite, most blessed creature, this, this human, his vicegerent on earth, as some people would call him. In other words, he, he, he gives him some of his sovereign power to, to, to share uh, ruling on earth, gives it to him. And, and, and yet it's still God's story because it's God who blesses people. It's God who fashions them. It's God who rests at the end of it. And he is perfection because he finishes things. And perfect means finished. And he is holy. 
because he sets aside things for his own pleasure. Now, human being, brother, sister, stranger, what are you thinking at this point? If I am a part of what God has created, can't I ask him to show me what it is he would like of me? In other words, how can I serve him? How can I be a part of his story that will bring him delight? May God speak to us very specifically in these coming weeks about just that very thing. How can we please the God whose story the, the, the world is and everything in it?